Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas and M, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Joining me tonight, as always, we have Jacob Terrell and Earl Nieto. And uh, on this formal evening, I felt like I should get dressed up a little bit and uh, show off some of my some of my ties to share with everyone. Uh, we've got a lot to get to on tonight's show. We've got our recap of Austin Bold FC uh, on from Monday night. We've got a preview of Saturday night's match against Phoenix Rising FC. Uh, apparently, we are also now known as New Mexico United FC, in case you guys missed that note. And uh, I have one burning question for you guys. What do you think about a new... Uh, new contender in the football simulation realm of video games. I don't, I don't care about the old ones, so I care very little. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Earl, do you have an opinion I, on that? I don't know where you're going with this. Um, if you're talking about NCAA coming back, then I'm all for it. If you're talking about um, the original, like, 1995 Madden, whatever. Then yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> so so no, I'm not I'm not trying to like bait you guys anything. No, it was announced today. There is a, uh, a new, there's a video game developer coming out of I believe Belgium, and they are putting out a new football simulation game to compete with the likes of uh, Pez and FIFA. It is going to be entirely free to play, and it's going to be entirely skill based, um, which is. I think I think it's going to be fantastic, and so there's no announcement on uh, when the game is going to come out. But if you watch the the uh, trailer video of it, you can see logos from Premier League clubs. So if this company has managed to get the rights to some of the bigger leagues, this could be pretty interesting. And it was it was also mentioned a while back that the USL was in talks with couple different game developers about possibly getting the usl into a game so maybe maybe the usl gets debut here i don't know interesting so i don't know i just thought i'd throw that there i think it's an interesting bit of news um you know i I am a fifa player and i know that several some of our of our listeners such as harry and some others are fifa players as well uh so this is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. Uh, if you want to follow it and find out more information about the game, uh, you can go on, the, on Twitter. It's at UFL Game, and uh, they've only got a few tweets out, but they do have their official game announcement that was announced today at Gamescom 2021. Uh, Gamescom, if you're not familiar, that big gaming developer conference, and uh, so it's something I, I look into every year. But so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to, to see what happens, and maybe we get a, a better football game out of this. Uh, Pez, of course, I mean, I think you guys may or not, may not know, uh, is free to play or is going free to play next season. And, uh, there are rumors that FIFA is going to go free to play in 2023. So who knows, who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, EA is, is of course, you know, largely, uh, of course they do make their sales off the game, but they do focus largely on microtransactions. So I don't know. Could be interesting, and uh, Earl, you are correct. NCAA, EA Sports, NCAA football. I can't wait. As soon as it comes, as soon as it gets announced, I am pre-ordering whatever massive collector's edition is available. So, looking forward to that. But uh, anyway, that's enough of uh, the non-real football talk. Let's get right into it, guys. Monday night, New Mexico United traveled down to Austin Bold, and once again fell victim to. Uh, 
surrendering a goal when it was uh, not an opportune time and have their fifth consecutive draw. Uh, that marks the seventh time this year that New Mexico United has dropped the points from a winning position. And I have a feeling we're getting somewhere close to some sort of record. I don't know what that record might be, and it's not a good record to have. But uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot to talk about the match last night, or Monday night, I should say. Um, I keep thinking it's Tuesday night. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, we went in, we looked good for the first, you know, 30, 40 minutes, as we usually do. And then there seemed to be like just like a 20 minute window where we just didn't have it. And it was during that window that Austin scored their goal and uh, we just couldn't find anything else. I mean, I, I just, I don't know where to start with this one. Um, I know Jacob, you had said that you had done some, uh, some research into some, some statistics for us. So uh, lay something on us, man. Well, it's, it's not pretty guys. Um, let me pull it up here. I was watching the MLS all-star game, but it, uh, I, I know you said you had put some stuff out on, on Reddit the other day, um, which I'm not on, so I did not did not see that. But um, So you mentioned the seventh time we've dropped points this year. Uh, we did it five times last year and ten times the year before that. So we're only halfway through this season, well, a little over halfway through this season. Uh, so we, we are on pace to be worse than we were in year one. And it felt like it happened a lot in year one. Uh, and felt like, especially at home, it did that. So so you compare in, oh, now I have to do quick math. 34 plus 15 plus 19. 53. At least 68. a million. <laughs> one of us writes one of us is right i don't know which one but 22 times we have dropped points from a winning position in our illustrious three-year existence compared to eight times where we have come back to get a point or more from a losing position so 22 times we have dropped points, eight times we have been able to fight back, and seven of those were in year one. So only one time, and it was this year, have we been able to come from a losing position to get any points whatsoever, which basically means if we go down a goal, just give the other team three points, essentially. Yeah, we don't play well from behind. Which we, is we really insane. Don't. Yeah. I will say that we did come from behind against El Paso in the playoffs last year to at least force extra time and get to penalties. Um, so if that would have been a regular season match, we would have technically fought back to get a point. But since it's not the regular season, uh, it does not matter here. I feel like this was a discussion that you and I had back in season one. Like we talked about how the club doesn't play well from behind. They just seem to you know, drop their heads and lose any sort of momentum and they just can't find a way to get back into it. And we just haven't found an answer to that. And I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's It baffles me that we have this family mentality and they fight for it 
for each other all the time, seemingly. But once we get down, it's just... I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And then, like, I could live with that if we were holding on to leads. But we've played 19 matches this year. Seven times we've given up a lead, and only one time have we fought back to get any points whatsoever. Not even just fought back to win, but fought back to get a draw. Um, it, it It is insane to me. Um, Earl, your thoughts? As he slowly sips a drink of water and looks at me angrily. Well, you all know what my thoughts are. And I'm not sure you guys are your your so, non your non your non Tembakis thoughts. Wait, my non non Tembakis thoughts? Your just your thoughts on us dropping points and not being able to fight back. That's it. We'll get to your Tembakis take in a minute. Well, I mean it Hang on, let me zip another piece of water. I'm just kidding. Um I it sucks. I mean, and it's true. I mean, you could watch it every time that we go down one goal. Um, everyone's heads immediately go down. And we don't play like we want to win. We don't play hungry. We don't play like the first eight minutes of the match. And as soon as we go down, those first eight minutes that we had are pretty much a fairy tale dream. And that's what sucks. If we were to play the full, I'd even give us 75 minutes of the persistence and tenacity that we play in the first eight, I think we'd be fine. But we don't. So let me let me ask you guys this. Is it a... Could it be a small roster size compared to other USL squads and what we're allotted anyways and and lack of uh, quality depth when there's injuries I, I think we have a pretty good deep squad when everybody's healthy but you know with Kayla out and Sam out and Brown out and and um, who else has missed time Amondo when he was gone and stuff like that when we're shorthanded like that is it a case of shooting our load a little too early is it just we exert too much energy in that first 20 minutes where we look so good and we just don't have the the legs to keep up? So you're questioning the conditioning of... Uh, the, not really the conditioning. I don't know. Because they could run circles around me. I understand that. And they look good in spurts in the second half. I'm just trying to figure out a reason why we can look like world beaters for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and then just dead for 20, 30 minutes, and then we come back to life a little bit towards the end of these matches after some subs have been made. See, I don't think it's conditioning. I think it's, and I hate to say poor mentality, but it's lack of. So we play so like just, you say world beaters. It's just beaters. mental to you. That's exactly what it is. We play like world beaters, like you said, but then we take a step back to try to catch our breath and try to 
reassess what's going on. And while we're reassessing and letting YouTube reboot or my internet rebuffer, um, that's when they catch up. And that's when the opposing team decides to step up their game. And then we just can't catch up after that because now they have the momentum. We don't know how to shift the momentum back to our, back to us. I get that. So, all right. I guess it's time to stop beating around the bush here with you, Earl. Um, no, no, no. Keep, keep going. Keep going. I'm not ready. I'm not okay. ready. All right. Well, I see. I'm letting, I it, I'm letting it simmer. I'm letting it simmer to see if I even want to bring it up. Well. I want you to bring it up now because I have a counter argument to your terrible, terrible, <laughs> atrocious, disgusting Timbaka's tape take, and uh, I, I just, I just don't understand it. So, if you might not bring it up, then I'm just going to go ahead and go into the other stat that I looked at here, uh, and that was was games that we matches that we score one goal or fewer. You're gonna guess how many times happened in year one? Eight. There was thirty. There was no. thirty-four matches. Thirty-four matches. This is just USL regular season, not Open Cup, not playoffs. So just USL regular season. Thirty-four matches. How many times did we score one goal or fewer? I'd say twelve. Eight. Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen times. Our record in those? I was close. We were not very good in one in one goal matches. Zero wins, six draws, nine losses, for an average of 0.4 points per match in those games. Now you look at year one. How many times did we score more than one goal? Well, if there were 34 games, then obviously you guys can do the math. It was 19 times. So 19 times in year one, we scored more than one goal. We were 11, 7, and 1. One loss, 7 draws, 11 wins for an average of 2.1 points per match. So if Tambakis is giving up one goal in those games, that's fine. These numbers tell me we just need to score more than one goal. Because that was year one. Year two, scored more than one goal nine times had six wins, one draw, two losses for an average of 2.11 points per match. And so far this year, in the goal matches that we have scored more than one goal, we are it's happened six times, five wins, zero draws, one loss for 2.66 points per match. That is huge. That is huge. Compared to this year, when we score one or fewer, one win, seven draws, five losses for an average of 1.3 goals per match or points per match. And then you think last year, what was, what about last year? Or last year was much of the same. Nine times we scored more than one, six wins, one draw, two losses. Six times we scored less than one or one or fewer, two wins, two draws, two losses. I don't care. If you think some of the goals that Tambakas has given up are soft, I don't know what you were talking about last week after the Oakland match with him trying to flick it up. Like it, you ever tried to stop a rocket with a hand? Your hand's going to bend backwards, and that's how that goal got scored. Um, 
he the fact of the matter is he gave up one goal. If we score more than one goal, we're going to win. Period. Most of these matches. The, the offense has been the glaring issue this year. 13 out of the 19 times we have scored one or fewer goals. 13 out of 19 matches. That's terrible. That's unacceptable. That is... It is the number one reason why we suck this year. And it is strictly because we cannot score goals. Devin said it in the press conference, goals change games. So you know how you get the momentum back on your side? You score a freaking goal. You know how you don't give up the momentum in the first place? You score two freaking goals before they can put up one. If the offense looks at all like it did in 2019, then we're sitting right there with Fiener, with El Paso, and nobody's complaining about Tambacus. Nobody's complaining about the defense. Nobody's talking about how we need riding back. Which, sure, you can nitpick all you want on certain things. The bottom line is, Dev, Brown, wherever he is, Illich, Moreno, Rivas, Weehan, have got to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. Period. That's it. You can have your terrible Tambacus take. You can have a take on switching up formations to a four in the back. You can have... It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. If we are going to compete this year, we have to score more goals. Mic drop. That's it. <laughs> well, Earl Jacob kind of alluded to it. You know, you, you have in our text thread uh, between the three of us, you have mentioned, uh, you've, you've brought up a hatred towards Alex Tambakis. And uh, so I think you should, I think you should air that, get it out of your system. I believe the quote was so zero faith. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Zero faith or zero send <laughs> faith send. You know what I have zero faith in the offense. That's what I have zero faith in. So you're right. So 100% goals do change games. And yeah, it would be nice to score more than one goal, but we wouldn't have to if the guy in the back would stay by the freaking goal and block those. That's not how goalie is played. That's not how goalie is played. Listen, listen, listen listen here. When you are one-on-one, you don't chase the guy out. You more than likely backpedal. No, no, you come out and make yourself bigger. You make yourself bigger. If you're standing in goal and a dude is at the dot, then you are a six-foot guy in a goal that is 10-foot by whatever. Whereas if you come out and meet him, you cut that angle off. That's how you play goal. Of Of all these leads that have been given up, how often or how many times has it been a straight shot? And I mean not – I mean straight shot. You're looking at the goal 90 to 90. You're not looking at it sideways, not looking at some different 45-degree angle. You're looking at a straight shot. How many of those goals – It doesn't matter if, if they're at an angle. You still come out. You still come out and make yourself bigger because then that goal disappears. 
Instead, you have Tambakis coming to the end of the freaking penalty box. You have him wandering the freaking field. You have him going and drinking freaking coffee with the coach on the sideline. And he's not where he needs to be. Constantly giving up one-on-ones. How many times has he saved a one-on-one? That's 1v1? not his fault. Jesus How Christ. many times has he saved a 1v1? Several. Several. He's like Several. Yeah. Yes. He's like, what? I think... I think you are looking at just the goals and not all the chances that he has stopped when it has been one-on-one or two-on-one or whatever the case may be. And honestly, I don't know what you're looking at. Like this goal last on Monday, a beautiful ball to get the guy in behind all of our defense, everybody. And Timbakis does what he can, does what he has to do to come out and try to make the stop. And he gets beat. And he gets beat. Goalie or keeper, keeper versus one guy. If the defense, if the defense plays like a defense should, that never happens. Okay, so let's break down that play a little bit here. And uh, before we get uh, Harry's in the chat. Harry, thank you so much for being here. Harry, Uh, uh, we appreciate you. Harry, what's up, man? Good luck with us tonight. Good night. Good luck with us. Um, so yeah, let's break down that play you know, where, where, where Tambakas conceded. Now, if you look at how that play happened, you got Josh Suggs who had come on at halftime for an injured Austin Yearwood tracking back. He trips and falls. And so I tried, I can't remember the, the name. That of wasn't that. Austin. That was Suggs. Right. Yeah. So Austin, yeah. Suggs was in there cause he came in cause Austin was hurt mm-hmm. is what I said. Oh, okay. And, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so Suggs trips and falls. He's out of the play. Schmidt pulls out to try to cut down the angle, which allows the, which ended up allowing, you know, the goal scorer to get in behind him. And so ball goes to him. And yeah, it's, it is essentially a one-on-one. So, you know, I'm not putting that on, from on, on Alex, Alex comes out. He tries to cut down the angle as much as he can. And from, from the angle that the shot was taken, I mean, there's really not a lot that Alex could have done. He, he, he shut down the near post and forced the, the, the Austin player to go far post. And so the, and he did, he, and he converted it and credit all credit to him for, for putting a good shot on target, but you can, I'm, I'm not blaming Alex at all. That was, you know, a, an issue on, on the, on the defenders. I mean, you can't account for, for Suggs tripping and falling. You can't, and at that point, you know, Justin did what he tried, what he thought was the best decision to try to cut off the attack. And unfortunately, it just didn't work. So, yeah, I just I don't see how you can put the blame on Alex for that one. No. So that's the thing is I'm still wondering how many times has he actually defended a 1v1 situation under pressure? I will. I'm sure there's some will, Between next week. Or between last week and this week, or between this week and next week, I will pull it up. I will pull up all of his good saves, and I will show you at least five saves that he has made that has saved our butts. Whether that was one v one, I don't know, but five at least five times for sure he has saved our ass, and probably should have given up a goal and did not. And I still am having a hard time thinking back to all the goals that we've given up, the five goals that we've given up in this five run or five match run of, of one, one ties. Well, actually I think one was nil, nil, huh? So the four goals that we've given up and none of them 
stand out to me as Tembakis, what the hell was that? It was all defense, what the hell was that? And Tembakis couldn't bail us out. It's kind of been our story for three years now where goalkeeping has saved our ass a lot of times because the defense gets out of position or something happens. A little bit less so last year um, and even this year a little bit, but um, I... I just don't I don't see what you see. I I don't know if you're blinded by the love for Phil Bigel, but uh Bigel, but he's got me so flustered I can't even freaking talk now. Um that that you just see it see Tambacus through these nasty lenses. I don't know. But that's not the case cuz I can probably go through every goal that we've played uh RGV on a deflection in week one. I'm not going to do that, though, because that's 19 matches, and I don't want to yeah, do, do that. But uh, the majority of them are either somebody like Haji Berry just taking it to us just because they're bangers, like that RGV, or not RGV, um, Real Monarchs match when we played them uh, in the midst of that three-game losing streak, or it's bad luck. So, I don't, yeah, know. I don't think Bigel. I don't think Bigel played that three game. I don't think uh, Tambakis played that three game losing streak or that uh, RG or Real Monarch game. So, real quick, guys, real quick. Oh, yeah, that was. We go any further? Congratulations to the Oakland Oakland Roots. They're now the Western Conference champions because they beat Phoenix <laughs> Rising three one. Oh, Congratulations to those guys. Uh, you know, I could say that that's one thing that we never did. We did not lose to Oakland. So, you know. Uh, but no, Harry, you know, Harry mentions it in the chat. Thank you, uh, Harry. The lack Thank of goal you. scoring is the issues. Three goals and six. Absolutely, that is that is by far the biggest issue this season. Harry, um, just this is for Harry's sake because I think he joined us a little late. I have the record for New Mexico United when they score one goal or more, com- or more than one goal compared to one goal or less, and it's not pretty. It's basically in our existence if we score more than one. More than one goal, we average 2.29 points per match. If we score one goal or less, we average 1.01 points per match. So uh, that is exactly the point that I was making earlier, that we need to score more freaking goals. Uh, so, you know, talking about the the defending and how it's, we don't, how Jacob and I at least don't feel that is, or the goalkeeping, I should say, the goalkeeping is not an issue. This season, we have, New Mexico United has allowed 21 goals. Do you know how many clubs are below us in goals allowed? About half, right? Six. Oh, I saw this. Really? I saw this stat. I, I... Yeah. There are six clubs that have allowed fewer goals than us this season. Those wow. clubs are Austin, San Antonio, Tacoma, Rowdies, Phoenix, and El Paso. Wow. And uh, Phoenix, of course, just gave up three tonight. So uh, they now slide up ahead of uh, above Tampa Bay in in that ranking. So, I mean, goalkeeping is not the issue here. We're not allowing a ton of goals. We have given up uh, more than one goal four times this season. We gave up more than one goal three times last season. And in 2019, do you know how many times they gave up more than one goal? Seven. I don't actually. Fifteen times. Yeah, I was gonna say one, it had to be a lot higher. We gave up more than one goal. So 
our defense, our goalkeeping has significantly improved. The drop off is in the attacking third. That's where the issue is. Now, how much of this can can we account to the loss of Santi, to the loss of Kevon? How much of it do, can we account to the guys that we have now just not being able to finish? Whether it's a mental block, whether it's being, and I think you know this is what my, one of my takes on Moreno. Moreno is too much in his head. He isn't decisive enough. And we have too many guys looking for the perfect opportunity instead of just sometimes you just got to put it up and take that shot and take your opportunity. And so I mean, what, which way, which way do you guys lean? I know we've kind of touched on a little bit throughout the season, but given where we're at, I mean, we've scored 22 goals this season. I think the stats here on uslchampionship.com also account for, for Beza's goals as well. Um, there are only eight clubs below us in goals scored, including bees. If you take bees out of the, out of the equation, there are three clubs why, that have scored fewer. Why goals. the hell would they count bees? USL, get your ish together. Well, he shows up on our team as having four goals. So, um, and if you take his goals out of the equation, like if you, the way that their conversion and their stats work on their website, his goals are factored into it, like conversion rate, accuracy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's silly. But so without Bs, we've scored 18 goals. I've got 19. All well, right. with with Bs' one goal, yeah. I've got 19. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... I mean, where... What's the issue? Is it losing the guys that we had, or is it just not being able to finish? I contend some of it is that we haven't been as creative. Yes, we've got guys. We've got we've got Harry. We've got Brucey. We've got Najin back. We've got Suggs. Guys who can play the ball from out wide, which is great. But we don't have the size to make that work on the cross. Watching the match Monday night, I can't even begin to count how many crosses Suggs sent looking for the far post, and no, either nobody was there or it went way over everybody to where we couldn't play at it. We didn't have an opportunity at goal. And then we haven't created enough through the midfield. And that's where I think, you know, guys like Rivas and Tanari, Tanari was doing better at it. And then, you know, you have bees who can play, who can play off the wing and cut inside. Like, like Santi did for us. Bees can also play that cam role coming out of the middle and be creative. And so can Moreno, but it's not, nothing's, Nothing is clicking at the moment like it should. Nothing is clicking like we saw in those last three or four matches of the preseason. What I remember from those last couple of matches that we could see during the preseason, we were more of a direct team. It was long balls over the top to Brucey or Swartz. It was was playing out wide and then cutting it back to like the top of the box, not crossing it for somebody to get ahead on. It was set pieces, which we've carried over to this year or to the regular season a little bit, although they have kind of waned um, recently. Our set pieces have not been great uh, the last probably six, seven matches or so, um, obviously, because our offense hasn't been good. So um, it, I, I don't know. 
I, I think it's more a lack or loss of identity. It's, I don't think they know how they want to play in the final third. I don't think they, they know if they want to be a hold-up, kick it wide, do this, do that, or if they want to play wide and attack on the from, from wide angles and send crosses, try to build from the middle with these little three-yard passes. I, I don't think they know what they want to do. I, I don't... I think if you look at every attacking team, like you look at these teams that are up high on this list, Colorado Springs, Phoenix, Loose City, Atlanta's up there, which I, I have no idea uh, how, just because I don't watch the East. I'm not talking crap. I just, I, I know how the other three kind of play, and I don't know how Atlanta plays, but they all have one or two things that they do really well, and then that opens up everything else. So we don't have anything that we do well, anything that we even do remotely well, or even like kind of good. And so I think it's, it's a lack of identity, which creates a mentality of like, like for Moreno, we've talked about him um, recently. Uh, he just, I think since we don't have that identity, he feels like he has to do everything. And so he puts his head down and tries to dribble through everybody and it doesn't work. And then he gets frustrated and then he puts his head down because he failed. Um, I don't know what the hell was going on with him after B scored Monday night. It looked like he had just been watching his dog get run over. Like he looked just completely sad. And I don't understand that at all. We just scored to take the lead and it was B's who, from my understanding, everybody loves. And Moreno just like sulked, it looked like. So, I don't know. It's... I, when you're this bad offensively right now, I think it's a mixture of everything. I, I do think we're missing that one guy up top that can finish, whether it's Kavan, Haji Berry, Dadashov, you know, Lancaster for Louisville City. S somebody up top that can just put the ball in the back of the net out of nothing sometimes. Or, or take a defender one-on-one -on -one and beat him and then beat the keeper. Or it's something like that. There's just there's nobody like that, and I think we're missing that. But aside from that, working with just what we got, I, I just feel like we are lost. Jerry in the chat, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate Jerry. you being here. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Earl, I, what's your feeling on this? Do you feel like we've missed out on opportunities so far to sign a, another striker, sign another forward, someone that can be that? Because it appears that Dev isn't the same player anymore. Brown hasn't shown us anything. He really hasn't even been in the 18 all that often. Illich hasn't shown us much at all. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, we did miss our chance to send someone. Obviously, that being the main, and I'll admit, that is the main uh, big, big problem. That's one of our main big problems is the fact that we don't have a goal scorer. Um, Dev year one was phenomenal. Dev year two was good. Dev year three hasn't been the dev of year one and two. Um, not even combined. I don't know if it's because, uh, I don't know if it's because whatever happened last season and new people coming in this season or whatever. I don't know, but 
whatever the fall off happened, it needs to be corrected. Um, luckily, I think you guys said that the USL transfer window closes in September. September twenty fourth. So roster freeze date. So luckily, the window's not shut on us yet. Um, but my biggest fear is that that window shutting pretty quick to find someone even on a loan for the rest of the season. Um, there are a couple names that do come to mind that would be nice to have back, but I, I don't know. I really don't. Well, let me ask you is this with the roster freeze date, freeze date being 30 days out. Do you think there's a chance that we do go out and sign someone else? And even if we do with, basically two months left in this season. How much of an impact could that signing make? And do, is there a name that you have in mind that you would like to see the club look at? I think the ship has sailed. I don't think, um, I don't think there's any, anybody out there that is a huge difference maker that's available. Unless it's like a, a we hand situation where we go out and transfer um, from somebody that's in, in the USL already. Uh, or there's somebody that's just outside of my radar because granted my radar isn't huge when it comes to USL level talent other than what's in the USL. But um, I just, I don't, I can't think of anybody, but maybe you've done, Seth has a little more time to research things working from home, but um, so maybe, maybe you've got some names, but I got nothing. I mean, there's a, there's a few folks out there. It's hard because, at this point, there's still so many clubs in contention for playoff spots that I think there are going to be very few clubs actually looking to potentially move someone out. Um, maybe someone out at the League One level. Uh, Tormenta's got a pretty good striker that I, that I like watching. Um, Ford Madison's got some, got some decent players. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't know. And I think you're right if we did still make a move. It, I think it would be on in in terms of a transfer. I don't, and I don't see us going and bringing back Kavon. I don't. Uh, I know someone has suggested that, and I, I've seen some talk about uh, about Kevon over on Facebook. Uh, he recently signed a contract uh, with a club in the Israeli Premier League, so I highly doubt that that's going to happen. He's kind of been bounced around a little bit. Doesn't seem to be necessarily playing too well, um, but he's he's still out there going so. You know, I don't know, and I just, and even if we did, I don't know that there's enough time for them to gel. I mean, there's just there has to be. It's got to be with the guys we have now. They've got to figure it out. They've got to, you know, get that confidence back. And you know, Troy talked about it after the last home match, like you know, the, he felt like we were getting good chances, and we're getting more chances. And from for as an objective viewer, I don't see it. I don't see that we're creating that many like legitimate chances. Like, yeah, we get half chances, you know, here and there, but we're not making anything of those. And we've seen it in the past couple of matches, you know, we'll get in, we'll have opportunities get real close to the goal, but we just cannot get that last touch. And I think there's a real confidence issue with the guys right now. And in order for that to change, I think that they need to come out and put two or three up on somebody for a couple of matches in a row and say, hey, look, we can do this. We can score multiple goals. We can put a match out of reach. But with the opponents we have coming up, I don't know that we'll be able to do that. Well, yeah, and the problem is that, you know, we've, even when we go up two goals, 
it doesn't seem to be safe. We've dropped two two nothing leads um, this year, and one of those matches we ended up losing outright, uh, and the other one we ended up drawing. So it's it's uh, I think I think I have that right. Uh, either way, it like it needs to be three, four, five. I mean, I've been calling for a four nothing match for the whole freaking season because I thought this offense was going to be great. I thought it was going to be a really really good offense, and it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why it's not. It's it's definitely a confidence issue. You know, like we've talked about that final touch, um, and and when we have had like the final touch to to get in on goal and put a shot on, we just can't find the back of the net for whatever reason. So it's it's just. I mean, I mean, Harry said it. Three mat, three goals in six matches is just not good enough period um it's kind of amazing that we drew five of those um and, and that speaks to our defense and um and tambacus back there <clears throat> earl um so so the fact that we're even still in this after that horrendous run of offensive showings that it, it's kind of a minor miracle and it all it, it, it might just take us finding the back of the net two or three times in a match to to light a light a spark and and get going. But um, in Austin, home for Colorado Springs, and then at or sorry, in Phoenix, home for Colorado Springs at Austin. Uh, those are going to be. I mean, Austin and Phoenix have allowed uh, fewer goals than we have. Um, and Colorado Springs has scored the most. So those are not three easy opponents whatsoever. And we've already learned that because we've played two of the three of them already. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. What what were some of the positives that you saw from that match against Austin, if there were any? We hadn't we had scoring a goal. Yeah, uh, B scoring is definitely a positive. You know, uh, it goes to another attacking option going forward. Um, I felt like defensively we played pretty well. Uh, we limited Austin's chances for much of the match. Um, I feel like our, I feel like we moved the ball around pretty well, especially early on the first thirty minutes or so. But you know, it's just it, it's until we string together a full match. Like we can say, okay, we had a you know we had a definite like positive match here. That, you know, I think it's hard to really look at and pick out you know individual performances or individual areas of the game that we did well. Um, to address some of the comments in chat, uh, Sandoval's too old and lost his touch. Uh, I you know I don't think he's necessarily lost his touch. I think he he's not a ninety minute player anymore. He definitely. Sh- I definitely don't think he should be playing ninety minutes every single match, um, and for whatever reason, and, and I know it was hard. Like when Brown was gone and Moreno was gone, to to really find some rotation there. But we don't know what's going on with Brown at this point. Um, he had been out with an injury. It was classified as a lower body injury according to the club. But the last two matches, he has not been on the injury report. I don't. So, has he been on the injury report at all? Uh, he, the last three matches, he was three or three or four matches. He was not, and he was a late scratch prior to the, uh, the roots match. So, cause I, I know he was on the injury report 
And then he came back surprisingly and was in the 18 and was oh, back yeah. for like two or three matches. And then he disappeared and coach has told us it's an injury in the press conference and that he's day to day, week to week, whatever. But he hasn't been on the report that we get from the club. He hasn't been from in the on the report that the club posts on social media. He hasn't been on the club or on the report that they've shown during the matches, which might all be the same report. I don't know, but he hasn't been in the 18. So I don't know. He we kind of talked about his body language, uh, like in the preseason and stuff, and he, how he would like throw up his arms if he didn't get service or whatever. Um, I thought that he was meshing well there when he was healthy. Um, so I hope that it's just an injury and, and he comes back and is solid like he had been showing us. But I mean, I, I, I have the most amount of egg on my face from our preseason stuff with him because I I said he was going to lead the league in goals, uh, or had a chance to win the golden boot. I thought he was going to be our MVP. I thought he was going to be fantastic. Um, and he just hasn't for whatever reason. So I feel like there's something else going on there that they're not telling us, but but I'm not 100% sure. I think, he's, I think he's still just nursing an injury. And for whatever reason, he's just not match day ready. I mean, you, you know, and, and you can still classify him as day to day, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, yeah, Harry, we need speed up top. We absolutely do, and we don't have that. Illish doesn't give us speed. Brian Brown doesn't give us speed. Dev doesn't give us speed. Moreno does, but that's it, you know. And we we haven't been playing him in the open in the open spaces. Uh, hit some more of these uh, comments here. Suggs is not a real captain. I disagree with that. I think Suggs is fantastic. Uh, he's vocal on the pitch. He's a physical guy. He he stands up for the players, and he understands what's going on within this system. Um, I don't. I don't see any other option. I mean, maybe Kalen, but you know, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't see Suggs not being the captain. Suggs did have a terrible match yeah. coming on at halftime though. And, and that could be, you know, he, he was subbed in for Yearwood who took a knock. Um, and so he was not playing his normal attacking midfield um, position. He was one of the center backs in that back three. Uh, and he just, he did not look good. We talked about him falling down on the goal. Um, he had several other plays where he turned it over. His touch seemed terrible. Um, well, he was, he, also, he was also playing out of position. I mean, he has, yeah, that's what I mean. to, he has switched to a midfield role right. as his primary role this season. He's no longer a, like a, he's no longer a left back in terms of where we see him line up. And to be fair to him, he is more of an outs. If, when he did play in that defensive role the first two seasons, he was more of an outside back. He's not a center back. And while he can do, while he's got the, while he has the pace to keep up with most of the most of the forwards that we see. I mean, I wouldn't put him up against Haji Berry by any means, but I think he can hold his own out there. Let's see, Tambaka is way too many mistakes. Jerry, you're going to get uh, differing opinions. Earl's going to agree with you. I know he already has in the chat. Jacob and I, um, Jacob and I completely disagree. I mean, Tambaka said has a fantastic season. Uh, only 21 goals, which is the fewest that we've allowed, uh, and we're near the bottom of the league in goals allowed. So, uh, you're going to get some, you're going to get some differing opinions from you on that. Uh, Earl opened his mic there, saying, "I think Earl's got something to say on this one." Nope. 
No. <laughs> he doesn't want to agree with Jerry. So here's the thing. I already put it in the chat, and I will not say it on air. That's one damn fucking fact I will put out there for a fact. I will never agree with Jerry on air. Um, and I'm almost hesitant to agree with him in the chat, but he did kind of echo what I said today. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know there, but, um, I mean, it it sounds like we own some space in Jerry's head though. I mean, he's, he mentioned seven of our players. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can name seven El Paso players other than the ones that I can't stand. And I like when we boo every time they touch the ball, um, so I, if he's spending that much time to know this much about our team, then uh, then, then we, we own some real estate up there for sure. Anytime someone asks me to go to El Paso here, I immediately say no. So, you know, I, I it's not somewhere that I would ever want to be. See, you need to check your friends because all my friends know I will never go to El Paso. <laughs> um, so, all right, I've got one final question for you guys. Um, while we're wrapping up this part of our discussion here, there is, and we've discussed it. There is a growing number of folks within the United nation. That is timeout. Timeout. Time out, so I, before you, before you go where you're going to go, cause I know where you're going. Um, I, I don't think either of you mentioned it when I asked uh, good things about the match, but um, uh, did either of you mention Sheed? No, no, I didn't, didn't mention it. Rosh okay. had a fantastic match. Rosh was incredible. He's turning into 2019 Rosh. And and honestly, with what we have going on on that back line, God, we needed it. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. He did get um, a Team of the Week honors from USL, uh, was man of the match, just absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know where we would have been without him um, in either of the last two matches for – for that matter. So, so I just want to say kudos to him. And, um, and now you can turn to, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're going to get into this. And, uh, Jerry, you're absolutely, you know, we're all soccer fans. We are. And, uh, and I don't think any of us just pay attention to our team. The problem that I have is that there's so much soccer to consume right now. Like I have ESPN plus I have Paramount plus I've got Peacock premium. So I've got, you know, I've got pretty much every major league other than uh, league uh, that I can watch on a regular basis. And so, you know, I probably watch for, you know, probably five to six USL matches a week. I watch about three, two or three, you know, La Liga, two or three Bundesliga. You know, I watch a handful of Premier League. Matches. So like, there's so much soccer to watch. Like, if, it, honestly, if I could download these matches from these services and watch them on demand, like that would be fantastic. I would just have soccer. You know which match I. You know which match I know you didn't watch because you didn't mention What's it. That? The Bayern match. <laughs> Twelve nil. Still <laughs> <laughs> a match. Yeah, that's not, they're playing a fifth tier club. That's not even that's not that's not even worth mentioning. That's like you know talking about Everton beating, you know, like the seventh tier Austrian club last preseason twenty two to nil. Like it's not even worth mentioning. You know. Um yeah, I just, you know, it's so hard to take in as much. Like, I would love to be in depth on every club. I would. But, you know, it's just, 
I have a job, I have a life. There's just so much other soccer to watch. And like, I've been having so much fun watching La Liga this year for the first time, watching Serie A, watching, you know, uh, Argentina, uh, you know, watching the Argentinian league. Like there's, it's unbelievable how much soccer, Scottish Premier League too. I've watched on Scottish Premier League also. Like, it's just insane how much there is to watch. But anyway, back to our, our conversation. Um, well, yeah, you could watch, I mean, like download the matches, Harry, like if I could download the ESPN plus matches, like that'd be fantastic. Um, anyway, there is a growing, uh, there's a growing contingent among United fans that are related to the hashtag Troy out movement. There's some, there's some folks that say he needs to be fired immediately. There are some folks that say, you know, give him, give him some time. There are some folks that say, you know, this, this year is the hot take is the hot seat season. Some people say next season is the hot seat season. How much longer does Peter and the ownership group give Troy to make a championship run? Two years. Two more, so through 2024? Uh, 2023. So by the end of 2023, there will be something going on. Um, Reason being is they signed Kalen to 2023. They signed... Bees. Bees and Moreno. Right, sorry, Jerry kind of threw me off guard with his stupid fucking question in the chat. Um, So... With them signing Kalen, they signed Bees, they signed Moreno, they signed Nava. Um, with them kind of stretching contracts into 2023, I think that's kind of where it um, kind of where it's going. Is 2023? If we're not in contention, and by contention I don't mean second round of playoffs. I mean like conference championships or playing for the actual cup. Um, I don't see Troy staying around after 2023. I agree with that. With the caveat of we have half of a season left, and if it just completely snowballs, I understand Peter wanted... Troy, not from the get-go, but Troy convinced him, and he he came out and and he is. I think he's put a good team together. Uh, I think the team is there. Um, I also know Troy wants or Peter wants to win, and Peter, I think, would make the move if the rest of this year is just a complete disaster. If we fail to score more than 21 goals from here on out and finish sixth or seventh. Um, Maybe if we finish fifth and miss the playoffs, it would still be okay. But, but I think if we miss the playoffs by, by quite a bit this year, I think we could see him gone at the end of this season. For me, like it's just, I can't get on the, the hashtag Troy out right now. I can't. Uh, it's yes, there are some issues there, but I think ultimately what it's come down to this season is that the players on the pitch have not shown a level of confidence, have not shown a level of skill that they need to in order for 
us to be where we where we want to be. And so I say next season is the hot seat season for Troy, the 2022 season. Um, and if we don't perform, then I like you know, I mean, this is our first like real kind of like negative uh, feeling to a season that we've had. At least in my opinion, anyway, I, I think this season feels worse than, than the first season, and so that's why I say, you know, if, even if we finish out of the playoffs this year, I think Troy gets one more year before we start going on a, on a coaching search. So, um, and so Jerry wants us to Jerry wants us to answer this question on the show. Uh, Jerry Mario, who is the number one contender to win the USL? Well, we have been talking about it in the in the chat window here, but uh, but Jerry wants to hear us say it out loud, so you know we'll give it to him. We'll give it. We'll give him the answers here. Uh, Earl, who do you think is the number one contender right now to win the USL championship? Right now, it's definitely not who Jerry wants me to say, and my heart and my mind will not even let me utter that garbage name. Um, so yeah, Jerry, you could, there's your answer. I will not say those two trash words and I will actually go with another team that we used to hate more than you is Phoenix. Jacob, who's your pick at this moment? So if we're talking the USL cup at the end of the year, whoever wins through the playoffs, um, I can't go El Paso. Um, El Paso has not shown, the ability to get over the hump to get to the title game, let alone win it. Uh, I will. I will say that they're probably going to be the regular season winners, though. They will. They will probably finish with home home field advantage, and um, maybe that swings it. But um, I mean, truth be told, guys, Apaches is a really freaking good team, <laughs> and. I already mentioned it in the chat to Jerry. I would I would love to be sitting at in their position right now, top of the group, top of the division, by a lot, most points in the league, like he said. Um, but we're still only halfway through. A lot can happen. I think they still win this group. I think because they're the top of this group um, by quite a bit, they will they will take. You haven't. Have you gotten to the cup, Jerry? Have you gotten to the cup? No. So, no. You have not shown the ability to get over the hump and play for a cup, let alone win it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my take. I, I think they win the, the regular season, but I don't think they win the cup. For me right now, I have to say Pittsburgh. I've been watching a lot of the East, a lot of Eastern Conference stuff right now. Um, I love what Pittsburgh does. I love uh, the way their coach plays out there. He's playing some really interesting formations. Really ball. Um, and uh, I think they came out like a three six one last weekend, uh, which was really interesting. And there's a breakdown of that over on uh, Twitter uh, from at USL Tactics. You can look into that. Um, and you know, and I understand. I understand Jerry's reasoning. El Paso is the class of the of the Mountain Division right now, and you know, so far this season they are. And I know Josh Suggs made a comment a few weeks ago saying that he felt like we were better than El Paso and. You know, I just, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, w- the way that the matches have gone, two late goals, um, one of those, you know, two different matches were tied by one late goal. One came off of a deflection. 
the third, the, the one loss to El Paso uh, was uh, the result of two mistakes by the midfield in a very short span. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Josh that we're better than El Paso at this point. Um, but no, I, I, like I said, I like what Pittsburgh's doing. I like the way they look on the pitch. And so I'm, I'm looking here, you know, some of the different schedules and stuff. And Jacob, to your point that El Paso hasn't shown it yet. Yes. El Paso is playing pretty, it's playing really well, especially within the, the Western conference, particularly in the mountain division. El Paso's non division schedule so far, SKC two last place in the central division. Indy 11, currently outside the playoff positions, Central Division. They've played Las Vegas Lights, bottom of the of the, of the Pacific Division. So, you know, I look at that and I look at their, their, I look at El Paso's non-division opponents and they haven't really played anybody yet. They haven't, you know, I would like to see them, you know, show up against some of the tougher opponents around the league. Um, you know, they've got Orange County coming up. They've got Sac Republic coming up. Uh, so, you know, they've, and FC Tulsa, I have to look and see what they're doing. They've got Los Dos as well. So, and they've also got OKC Energy coming up as well towards the end of the season. So El Paso's got some opportunities there to, I think, impress a few more folks with what they can do. Um, yeah, and Harry in the chat here. Um, El Paso's had luck this year. No major injuries. Uh, doesn't agree with Pittsburgh. Can't beat Rowdy's Lucidity. Yeah, you know, like I said, I've been watching a little bit more Eastern Conference. I, I, I still have a lot to, of research to do there, but I like what I've seen out of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and I haven't seen Lou City too much, a whole lot. I'm going to be watching a bunch of their matches coming up prior to our match with them. So, you know, that's just where we're at. You know, I'm sorry, Jerry, not really, but, you know, we can't, we just, we can't get on board with El Paso at this point. And and I I completely I've been very impressed with El Paso's grit at least this year. Um, I was just saying they haven't shown the ability to win in the playoffs in the cup or to get to the cup or anything like that. They, you know, Monarchs beat them two years ago. Phoenix beat them last year. Um, they're they're right there on the cusp. They just haven't been able to get over the hump, but. But I, I'm glad you looked that up because I had not seen who their non-division games were, and uh, yeah, that's not uh, exactly a murderer's row. Yeah, Although I mean, F- to F- be F- fair, to be fair, we haven't really played a murderer's row so far either. We're about to hit that stretch where we play a lot of good teams, but um, Oakland, Charleston, better than a lot of people gave them credit for. Yeah, but at the time we played them, nobody thought that. <laughs> So, uh, uh, is sitting third in the standings. Uh, sorry, I was just looking. Uh, OKC is sitting in uh, let's see, seventh, sixth in the central. So, I mean, again, two uh, again, two fairly either one of those could be in the playoffs by the end of the season, you know. Jerry, Jerry you beat us once, but you beat us once, everything Out else of four times, wrong. yeah, and so. And not gonna lie, I I don't know how Jerry can watch the four matches against New Mexico and say that he was the better club in any of those matches. But um, I, I get that they beat us, and therefore they were the better club that night. But it was a two minute stretch that they scored their two goals on, and then the rest of that night uh, was all us essentially. So um, Jerry, as they like to say in the South, bless your heart. 
And uh, so yeah, so, try, so following off of that, so Jared, you've beat us one time. I'll give you that one, but you drew with us the first time, and we were down a man. Or you drew with us the first time on a fluke, freaking last last second kick that somehow went in. Um, you drew with us the second time when we were down a man. You drew with us the last time when our best defender was out. Um, so for you to say you're the better team on the pitch, um, maybe you're the better team laying on the pitch, flopping around from goal to goal because that's all you guys seem to freaking do. And I will probably piss you off and you'll probably block me on Facebook, but that's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll cry myself <laughs> to sleep tonight. Um, so, yeah. So, for you to say that we're that you're the better team is ridiculous. Have, okay. How many times have we... Earl, 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 let's take a small step back. They are the better team, period. <laughs> they were not the better team in any of those four matches. There's a distinction there that I think we need to make. That's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Okay. It, it played that way in my mind. It played that way in my mind, just I didn't say that. All right. So now that we've got that out of our system, uh, we'll obviously have more about the playoffs to, uh, and the weeks to come as we get nearer to the uh, the playoff uh, into, towards the end of the season. But before we get there, we have a massive showdown coming up this weekend. New Mexico United, of course, taking on Phoenix Rising FC. And we've been talking about our form. Our form is not great. There's lots of concern over the over the attack, over the number of goals that we're scoring. Going heading into Phoenix against a Phoenix club that is uh, that has as winless in their last four, and uh, they. They're kind of looking kind of mired down, you know, mired down a little bit. I don't really know what's going on. I got to go back and watch a couple of these matches. I did watch the the match tonight against Oakland Roots where they where Phoenix did lose 3 to 1 as we mentioned earlier. They are the current Western Conference champions after that after that win. So congratulations to Oakland in their first season. Um but I mean Oakland just outplayed them tonight. And you know, heading into the last couple of weeks we all looked at Phoenix, and Phoenix is you know one of the best goal scoring clubs in the league. They've got two guys. Well, I mean, no one's really in contention for a Golden Boot at this point, other outside of Haji Berry. But you know, they've got some guys that can score goals. That you know, obviously Santi and Solomon, Santi Moar and Solomon Asante, uh, both of whom are sitting on eight goals currently. Um, you know, it's you know, it, it's hard to, you know, without watching the last couple matches and you know, trying to break it down, I don't know what their issue is. Um, but I mean, what are your, Earl, let's start with you. What are your thoughts heading into the, this weekend's match? And there's a, a question in the, in the chat here uh, from Harry, good time to face rising or not. And I'm about to answer that question. Yes. It's, there couldn't be a better time to face rising. So before we hopped on air, I did say that, kind of sucked on the timing because Rising was going to come out pissed off and just score buckets on us. Um, oh my god, Jerry. Um, no, I after watching the match, I was watching the match throughout while we're here. 
I feel like it's a perfect time to bounce back. I feel like Phoenix, for some reason, just is not clicking. I mean, so is Metsu United. So it's going to be a really interesting match because both teams are kind of on the, on the downward dog right now. So I think it's a really good match for both teams because one of the teams is going to come out with a win, hopefully. Um, and hopefully we don't add another tie to... To Seth's neck over there. Nope. Going for the Ted Lasso special, guys. I know you guys don't get that reference because you don't watch Ted Lasso, but going for the draws. That's all we're doing. I mean, Jacob, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, obviously, if you look at the match page from tonight, and Harry mentioned in the chat as well, Phoenix did rest some guys tonight. You know, you saw Santi come off the bench. Uh, Aiden Quinn came off the bench. You know, Kevin Lambert came off the bench. So they didn't necessarily go into Oakland with the, with their big names out there to begin the match. I mean, they obviously still had a few folks out there like Kalistri and Baccaro and some others. But I just don't know. I, I don't know what to think going into this. I mean, we desperately need three points, but can we? And in the past, United and Phoenix have played some tremendous matches. Is this a match that we can go into Wild Horse Pass and win? Oh, man. No. I'd love to say yes. But we can't score. And I think the likelihood of shutting out Phoenix in Phoenix after they rested some guys and lost on Wednesday, uh, they're going to come out. Um, talking about a shutout. I'm not talking about a shutout. Well, we can't score more than one goal. So if we're only going to score one goal, then we have to shut them out if we want to win. So I don't think we're going to score more than one goal. So I don't think we're going to win because I don't think we're going to shut them out. Well, I will say this. We do know how to shut down Santi. Force, yeah. him, to his, force, him, to his, force him to his left and he can't do anything. <laughs> I thought everybody knew that though. And then I watched him just destroy San Diego earlier in the season. And I was sitting there screaming at my TV going, don't let him come back. Don't let him come back. Oh, shit, he cut back. Oh, shit, he scored. Oh, shit, he got the assist. It's like, I hope we know that. I hope, I hope that whoever's out there one-on-one um, -on -one with him most of the time knows to force him to the touchline and not let him cut back to the middle of the pitch. But um, I... I just don't see us shutting him out, and I don't see us scoring more than one goal. So you could definitely convince me of a 1-1 draw, but I, other than that, I don't. I think that's the only result we're going to go in there and get. If Phoenix scores more than one, we're screwed. Real quick, Jerry, uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea to see some bro man out there on the pitch, but he's only like 17, so... And he's, he's also not a soccer guy. He is a giant soccer fan. Never played soccer. Not sure how his tactics would be. <laughs> so uh, I love I yeah, love Sombrero love Man to death. Um, but I think he would even admit, yeah, I don't know about that, guys. I actually ran into him and uh, Lindsey Allen on uh, Saturday night out at uh, Rio Rancho Events Center. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I bought myself a ticket to the Gladiators game, went out there and 
uh, Lindsay and Carlos and a couple other folks from the curse were hanging out, and apparently they'd gotten a whole bunch of tickets from uh, from the gladiators. Uh, ended up sitting with them right behind the, uh, the the Bismarck bench. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. So good. good. Gladiators are uh, in the playoffs now, by the way. Um, anyway, yeah, I saw that. Side note over. Yeah, going into Phoenix on Saturday, it's going to be tough. The last time we played Phoenix, they beat us. I believe it was five two. Yep. That was the last time we we played them. I believe that was actually in Phoenix. So another match that we scored first and yeah ended up dropping points. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, we've always played them well, uh, entertaining matches at least. Um, I mean, that five two match even was was closer than the score indicated um, for the most part. So, I mean, I could see us going in there and getting a result as in a draw, but we'll see. Their offense, I mean, we talk about them being um, kind of on the down down slope here. They lost 3-1 to Oakland, which, I mean, Oakland made some signings recently and has looked a lot better, as we mentioned. Nil-nil um, to sack. 1-1 to Orange County, 2-2 to Phoenix or to Vegas, and then they beat Oakland 1-0. So their offense isn't necessarily humming either, um, but their defense has been pretty stout other than against Oakland. So who knows, man? I mean, at this point, if it's a 1-1 draw, I'd be happy if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I think, I think most of us... Actually, let me take that back. If it's a 1-1 draw where Phoenix scores first... And we tie it, I would be happy. If it's a one-one draw where we score and have the lead late in the second half and end up drawing, then I will still be pissed. Well, I mean, the general thought from most soccer fans is that anytime you go on the road and pick up a point, that's a good result. Here, I, I would have to agree to that to an extent. Yes, picking up a point on the road against a team like Phoenix is a positive, but when you are in desperate need of three points. I don't know that one point here is going to be enough. Well, to me, it's, it's just, uh, how does the draw happen? If we get one point, if it's like I said, if, if we're up one or two goals and they come back, then I'm not going to be happy. So it's, I need to wait and see, and see what the result is. I mean, if if we lose four to three, and you know we come back and and get it close at the end or something, I might be happier than if it's a one-one draw where they score late to to get the point. So, I we really just need to get get back and get back home and get three points against Colorado Springs. And then see where this year goes. Interesting stat there from Harry in the chat. Phoenix has not won when they scored second. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think we have either. So, (laughs) Not only that, but I don't... If we score first, just because because Phoenix hasn't been able to come back this year so far, they haven't played us, who is the master of giving up late goal or late leads um, or leads period. So... That stat means nothing to me because we give up late goals all the damn time. All right. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard, man. No matter no matter which way we look at it, this is going to be a tough match. 
you know, it doesn't matter. We can probably throw, you know, go, you know, like a three, three, four for all I care. And we're not going to score for it. We're not going to score more than two, more than one goal at this point. Um, I just, I think the key is going to be shutting down the forwards for Phoenix, limiting Santi's chances, limiting, limiting Asante's chances in the box, you know, like like we said earlier, force Santi to go to go left. Um, You know, if we can do things like that, then I think we have a chance at pulling a result. Maybe not necessarily a win, but at least pulling a result. So, all right, let's go around. Let's get our score predictions in. I know it is well past Earl's bedtime. So uh, we'll start with Earl. Earl, give us your scoreline prediction for Saturday night. And actually, when you say it's well past my bedtime, look, I just trained for four days for this nonsense. I was up till like four in the morning this entire freaking weekend. Um, Jerry, I'm not even going to acknowledge you anymore. I'm really not. Um, my score prediction is 2-1 us. Okay. We got Earl on record 2-1 United Saturday. Go ahead, Seth. Oh, me? Okay. Um, this is a matchup that is always entertaining to watch. There's always a lot of goals. Uh, I think outside of one match, um, we've had a lot of goals. And Harry said it in chat. Records go out the door for uh, Phoenix versus New Mexico United. And that very well could be the case. You've got two clubs who are not necessarily playing their best right now. Uh, even Phoenix, one of the top scoring clubs in the league, is having issues uh, putting the ball in the net right now. We have a pretty solid defense. I like our goalkeeper. Um, we've got, we have five clean sheets. They've got eight on the season. Yeah. It's going to come down to whoever just happens to put in, you know, that last second goal in there. Um, the problem that I have is that I don't have enough faith in our forwards right now. And because of that, I'm going to say two, one Phoenix. See, I wanted you guys to go first because I wanted one of you guys to pick the score that I was going to predict just so I didn't predict it. But neither of you did, so I gotta, I'm going to stick with what I thought. Um, it, it, to touch on what Harry said, uh, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, to touch on what Harry said and what you said, Seth, um, The every time that we've placed, played Phoenix, I'll give you the scores. 3-3, three, 2-2. Three, two, two. 2-2 in the Open Cup, and then 5-2. Um, so, yeah, there's there, there are a lot of goals usually in these games. Um, but that being said, neither of neither of it has been with both teams' offenses looking questionable. Um, so, so get that sixth tie ready there, Seth, because it, it's gonna like it's gonna be one-one. You, I mean, it just is. It's going to be 1-1, one, one, and um, and that's that. Jerry says 3-1 Phoenix with New Mexico United scoring first. Sure. I, you could talk me into that pretty easily, Jerry. Um, I'm not very high on this team right now, so uh, that could be the case. But but I think our defense is stout, especially I'm, I'm hoping slash kind of thinking that maybe they kept riding out one more match um, when they didn't necessarily need to. 
but because it was Austin, and Austin has also scored very few goals this year, uh, they thought maybe maybe Schmitty could could handle that, and and um, we get a healthy Kalen riding back. Hopefully, Yearwood's not knocked up, which I wish I kind of knew what was going on there because that could drastically change my my opinion on if Yearwood plays. I mean, he did get subbed out after he took that knock in his back. I think um, he's not knocked up either. Nicked up, not whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, um, it's late, all right. Uh, so if Austin and Wyden are out, then maybe maybe my tune changes to three one for Phoenix. But I'm going to assume at least Kalen's back and hope that Yearwood is back as well. Um, and if that's the case, then one one is written in the stars as far as I'm concerned. Could you imagine Touche getting his first career start against Phoenix? You know, I sat next to somebody that went to Touche's high school at the match. Um, uh, when was that? Against Oakland on the 18th. Um, and they had good things to say about him as far as a soccer player. So I, uh, I would I would mind it. And, and you know, it it kind of drives me nuts. Like we saw it last year with Sammy. You know these young rookies getting signed. They're big, they're tall, they're athletic. They look like they can be good players, and we just don't give them minutes. I don't understand. Sammy was hurt last year, but um, I don't know how Tush didn't get minutes Wednesday against Oakland or he Monday. He wasn't. No. Oh, I missed that. How is he not in the eighteen? We're missing players. Anyways, whatever. Um, maybe he's hurt too. Who knows? Hopefully, I mean, I would like to see him get minutes, even if it's against Phoenix, but I hope Kaylin and Yearwood are back. I think we can all agree with that. So, All right, uh, let's see. A couple final comments here in the chat. Uh, yeah, from Jerry, you know if you win, you're helping El Paso win their first trophy. Jerry, you got to win the conference first before you can even think about a trophy, bud. So, uh, and Harry, El Paso's not winning this week either, so. All right. I think that's going to just about do it for us this week. A lot going on around the club, around the Western Conference. We have just a handful of matches left before the playoffs are upon us. New Mexico United is, of course, still fighting for one of those final spots and face a very tough test in Phoenix Rising this weekend. You can check that out Saturday night. 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN+. Plus. If you are here in the metro area, you can also listen to the match live on ESPN Radio 117, the team. And you can can listen to it even if you're not in the area uh, with the 117, the team website. You can stream it through there. Yep, that as well. And hopefully, I I would be willing to bet this might be one of the matches on the Sirius XM. F serious. Uh, Could be, yeah. mm-hmm. That might be fun to hear as well. So different options to, to, keep, to keep an eye on this match. I know, I mean, we'll of course be watching it and uh, there's going to be some other matches throughout the weekend. That we'll be, we'll be keeping an eye on as well. So uh, I think that's going to do it. Jacob, get us out of here. Harry, Jerry. Um, thank you guys. Uh, it, it's funny to me that we have two opposing team fans uh, in the chat consistently. But um, I love it. It creates for good banter. And um, and you guys aren't complete a-holes. So uh, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you bringing your takes and, and bringing you uh, bringing a different, an outsider outlook to the team. Uh, even though I think Jerry is 
is uh, just bitter for some reason or another. But um, we will be back next week, hopefully on Tuesday. Um, at this point, I think we just throw the schedule out the window and just say we will be here sometime next week after the match, and uh, we'll we'll bring you what we thought of the match, what we think going forward uh, against Colorado Springs the next week. Um, and yeah, uh, catch us on social media, like always. Um, Jerry, I will message you about getting you on the show. Uh, I might wait till you guys win the, win the conference just so you can come on and gloat. Uh, not, no, nah, I won't do that actually. Um, so you guys come back next week and, uh, hit that subscribe button. Hey, what is it? The bell? Is that what it is, Seth? Yeah. Or, the bell. Yeah. Yep. Ring the bell, ding the bell. Um, Smash that like button, whatever whatever the YouTubers say. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Somos Nos. You've been listening to Somos Nos, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.